Welcome to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs go from scattered to streamlined in their creative businesses. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, a wife, a mom, and a photographer turned systems educator. Join me every week as we have conversations centered around creating tactical workflows and automations in your business. Now, let's make some strategic workflow magic. Hi, and welcome back to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. So all I can say is, phew, if you are listening to this episode live, meaning it's the month of April, and as many creative business owners know, all business owners know, this is tax season. So I sincerely hope you are surviving tax time and it's not wearing you out too much. And again, if you're listening to this episode in the future and and you're listening to it, let's say in December or November, then I really want you to still listen in and take notes because I am interviewing my amazing CPA, Jackie Easterday, to chat all about taxes and how to set up systems for yourself and just how not to be intimidated by tax season, especially as a creative business owner. So before we dive into this not so sexy yet sexy topic, Jackie, can you please introduce yourself to everyone? Yes. So first, I am super excited to be here. Um, Dolly is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Honestly, like she is a Dubsado whiz. We all have our zones of genius. And um, I have like, honestly, some of your tips and tricks that you have posted have saved me in automations. So I'm very excited to be here and share some of my tips and tricks with all of your listeners and your followers, because there is a lot that um, revolves around taxes and the numbers. So about me. So I am first and foremost, my mom, I have three boys. I have a nine-year-old and twins that are seven. Um, coming from a family of all girls, it's a total adjustment. And I'm sure you get that being a boy mom, like my house is loud, yes. um, everything. So all the things, messy, all that stuff. But honestly, and my husband is, I would say almost probably even like the backbone of my business, like having a solid support system just to encourage, and you get this, encourage you to go out of your comfort zone and expand your business and grow. Like if it wasn't for him, I would be right now truly sitting in an office somewhere, probably on my like 80th day of my, you know, 11, 12 hour tax season day. So that is my background. I am a CPA, which is fancy for, I have a degree in accounting and I eventually took a bunch of tests to become a certified accountant. And I specifically work with female online business owners from creatives to VAs and OBMs and website designers really to help them simplify and understand the money side of their business. Um, I, When I was in public accounting, I worked primarily with small businesses. And that's really where I found my passion of getting to meet other small business owners. And just everybody's got something different to offer. So it was super exciting and kind of just transitioned me into where I'm at now. So that's kind of where my focus is. I love it. I'm so, I mean, I'm going to be sharing how I found you, but I'm just so happy you're here. You really are going to help so many creative business owners like with your words of wisdom. And I'm so excited about what you're going to share today, Jackie. So I just wanted to share with everyone, Jackie has quite literally transformed the numbers behind my business. Before Jackie, I was working with an accountant. She was good. She did her job. I told Jackie she did her job, but she really wasn't as that interested in uh, in her clients. Like Jackie has invested in her clients. I feel weird saying like she... 
I'd never want to sound like negative on this podcast, but there was a clear distinction when I hired Jackie versus in comparison to my past CPA. It was so clear, like Jackie is amazing at what she does. So I told Jackie, I think it was like a month ago when she was helping me out with my taxes. I was like, Jackie, if I go to prison, will you at least email, like, not email me, like mail me something, like keep in touch with me? She's like, well, first of all, you're not going to prison. And then you were like, I think you were like, yeah, yeah, I'll keep in touch with you. Like, okay, well, at least she's going to like still support me. But she she just like held, held my hand the entire time. And sometimes verbally had to walk me off a ledge because I just freak out about all things taxes. And I'm sure that there are many other creative business owners out there who feel the same way. But one of our mutual friends, like internet friends, Emily Conley of Emily Writes Well, she actually told me about Jackie. And again, even though I was using a past CPA, um, once I got into Jackie's world, she went above and beyond to serve me and Ty, which is a really, really big deal for me. And she, she's probably going to laugh about this. She doesn't know I'm saying this, but she dumbed everything down to like <laughs> a third or fourth grade level for me and walked me through all the steps that I needed to file for my business and for our joint family taxes, because my husband worked works for a company, but then I own my own business. And so in my mind, that's like overly complicated. But after working with Jackie, like she really helped me out so much. So anyways, I'm just so excited to have her here because she really did break everything down into a system for me. And that helped my brain out tremendously. And so, yeah, thank you. Like this is just like me. Thank you for the million time, Jackie. I'm so excited <laughs> to share you with other people and just like for you to sh like walk other people off the ledge, get other people off the ledge and stop being so afraid of taxes and finances within your own creative business. I laugh. No, I honestly, the amount of people that say to me, like, I don't want to go to jail. And honestly, you're yeah. not going to jail. If you are not, dude, first of all, probably none of us are making the amount of money that the IRS is like watching us. But second of all, I mean, you have to like maliciously do something. Um, you can get dinged with interest and penalties, which suck just as, you know, as bad, honestly. Um, but I always laugh when people say that to me. So, well, I have some awesome things that I want to share with you guys that I think are just, like I said earlier, Dolly has, she provides constant tips and tricks on automating your business and your systems. And there are some things out there that will just make tax season so much simpler for you. And this is the time to do it because we just got over tax season. You went through it. And I bet most of you are vowing to never have to go through it in that way again. So one thing I want to back up. So why did I get into taxes? And like I said, I worked in public accounting and I worked with all these small business owners and I would watch these people and they make their own schedules, their own rules, their own money. And I never really thought I would be one of them, but I always kind of thought like, how awesome is that? Like they're answering to themselves, like what flexibility they have. And now here I am. And I've been able to do that by growing my business with a lot of the tips and tricks that I'm going to share with you guys. And that's why I'm so passionate about working with like female small business owners, because I have found flexibility to be able to have my own business and be a mom and be a friend and do the things that I want to do. And understanding your numbers, which taxes are a huge part of that, is what's going to give you the information and the tools and the knowledge to 
grow and expand and gain that flexibility. And that, you know, looks different to everybody, right? Like everybody's got different ideas of kind of what the end game looks like, but whatever that is, you have to plan to get there. And taxes are a huge part of everything. You can't escape it. Everyone's got to pay taxes. I mean, you could escape them, but I promise you at some point the IRS is going to find you and you're not going to like what they find out. Um, And it's a necessary evil of being a business owner. And like Dolly said, they're terrifying to people because they're super complicated and they seem impossible to understand. And there's people like me who went to school to understand them. So it seems almost unfair that the average person who doesn't have that background has to do this. So I want to talk about some of these things that are going to make your life so much easier. And the very, very, very first thing that you need to do is open up a business bank account. I get this question all the time. Like I'm just starting out or I'm small. Do I really, really need a business bank account? And the answer is hundred percent. Yes. Because the sooner that you start separating your business finances from your personal finances, your life is going to be so much easier. And I'll give you some examples because if you don't, What happens during tax time, and many of you know this, you pull up your bank statements and your credit card statements from your personal accounts, and you are literally going month by month highlighting, you know, that Canva subscription, that Dubsado subscription, that invoice that hit, you're going to miss things. You're going to miss deductions that would have saved you money on taxes. Um, You could potentially miss income, which could cause an issue down the road. Things like, and so accuracy, you know, it is really, there's so much human error in just spending hours coming through statements. One, it's painful. No one has the time or wants to do that. But two, very rarely is it probably accurate. I promise you, you miss something. So the sooner you can separate those and then look at one statement and know all of these transactions are business. This is all my business income. These are all my business expenses, whether it's in a business bank account, maybe it's a credit card, maybe it's two bank accounts. Just having it separated is the very, very first thing, but probably the most important thing you can do for your business. And along those lines, a lot of business owners think they have to become an LLC before they get a business bank account. And you don't at all. You can get a business bank account under your social as a sole proprietor. So if you are not ready to become an LLC or you feel like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't want to go down that route. Like you can 100% go in as a sole proprietor with your personal information and open up a bank account. So when did you open yours, Dolly? I know you've got a couple things open. Yeah. So I actually just applied for an LLC. I don't know how to phrase that the year that I went full-time in my business. So that was 2018. Yep. And I think, you know, and I will say, you know, I have been doing this on my own since my boys were little. And then when I first started, I just had one or two small clients and I didn't separate, you know, I just had one or two checks that came in, deposited them, very few expenses at all. Um, But really separating that in, I honestly just, if you are going to continue your business and you know you are, it's that first and foremost is the most important thing I think you can do. Do you have any recommendations for banks that creative female small business owners? And I don't even, I know for sure my husband listens to this, but if (laughs) any male listeners are listening, um, do you recommend any um, specific banks or what are your suggestions? Honestly, I think that, I tell people kind of off the bat, go for ease. Like what, Mm -hmm. you know, every bank has a different platform and different options and all of our minds work differently. So Mm -hmm. research, some banks are more online driven and people love that. Some people want to have the option to be able to go in person. So it's kind of preferential. Um, But honestly, I tell people, like I said, go for ease. Like I bank at the same bank Like I have my business accounts at the same bank that I have my personal accounts. And for me, that's easy because part of my process, which I'll talk about is 
transferring money monthly to taxes, to myself, things like that. And it's really easy to do that when everything is, you know, connected and linked and at the same bank. But some people don't, they want to have things separate. So it's really preferential, but honestly, Chase, Bank of America have fantastic business credit cards. So that's mm-hmm. a great option with, you know, solid rewards. So maybe you want to find somewhere back into it, looking at credit cards. I know you bank with Ally um, yeah. and you love them. And so, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's really preferential, but I think figuring out what's important to you and your business and then kind of backing into it from there, but there's not mm-hmm. a right, wrong answer. Just open one. <laughs> All right. And then the next thing, and honestly, this is the most important is monthly, monthly, monthly track your income and track your expenses. Um, so many people put this off, let the money roll in, let the money roll out and don't look at anything. And they just pay attention to their bank account balance and figure, okay, well, I've got this much in here. This is probably what I made. You need to be tracking all of your transactions. So whether you want to track it in Excel or Google sheet, because you're just starting out and you don't really feel like you're ready to invest in QuickBooks or a software, that's completely fine. You just have to do it. So, you know, what I recommend for everybody is at the you know, wait for the month to close. And at the very beginning of the next month, sit down, whether you're in QuickBooks and you're going to be classifying and categorizing all your transactions, or you are opening a spreadsheet and go have your bank account open and list all of your income, Mm -hmm. list all of your expenses that come out and then figure out what your profit is. So obviously there's more manual work to do if you're doing it in Excel or Google Sheets. And again, possibilities for human error, just missing something. Um, But if you use an accounting platform like QuickBooks, it pulls in all your transactions for you. It's just a matter of getting things classified inappropriately and then look at your monthly profit because this is important for two reasons. One, if you are tracking this stuff monthly, when it comes down for tax season in January, you do your December bookkeeping and then boom, you're done. You know, a day you've got your books and your profit and loss all ready for your CPA or for TurboTax or however you're filing, there is no scrambling to try and figure out what this expense that you paid last February was for. Because that's really, really hard to do when you're running a business to go back and try and remember yeah, what was this for? You know what I mean? So staying on top yeah. of it is super important. So would you recommend like having a, like a, CEO financial day or like just like a financial day for several hours at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month? Yes, I absolutely. So honestly, that's what I do for myself. I figure out a day. um, Ideally, it would be early in the month because then you can start to look at your numbers and have something to kind of make, you know, maybe you're spending too much and you want to course correct really quickly. It's hard to do that when you're three weeks into the next month. Um, But sometimes life happens and it happens later. But that's what I do is go in and focus on your numbers, Call, have a CFO day, pull up QuickBooks, pull up your bank statements, review everything, look at your profit. So what I do personally is I open up QuickBooks, I go through, I classify all of my transactions in QuickBooks, I tie everything out to my bank and credit card statements to make sure it's accurate. And then I look at my numbers. I have custom reports created so I can look at my profit, I compare it to previous months, I compare it to this time last year. And then from there, I look at my profit and I know, okay, I need to be earmarking money for taxes. 30% is usually the rule of thumb. Um, Some people more, some people less, just kind of depending on your other income thresholds. So if I, my monthly profit say was $10,000, I'm going to immediately, I'm going to look $3,000 of that 30%. I'm going to transfer to a business savings account. That's called my tax savings. Now I have checked the box. I have saved for taxes. That's earmarked. I'm good to go. Then that remaining $7,000 left of my profit, that's what you start to think, do how much of that? What do I want to pay myself? What do I want to leave in my business? And then I also 
So during that time, then I'll figure out how much I want to pay myself. I'll transfer that amount. And then I will also, you can open up a business savings, transfer the remainder if you want to, leave it in your checking, kind of whatever you want to do. And then the final thing I do is I always, at that point in time, I go ahead and pay my credit card bill for the Mm -hmm. month. Everyone has different due dates. Mine isn't until the 15th, but I go ahead and schedule it that day. It doesn't come out till the 15th, but then I'm done. Like all of my accounting for the month, I've looked at everything. I've saved for taxes. I've paid myself. I've scheduled my credit card payment. And then you can just push the rest. You know, you don't have to be paying attention to your numbers like that for the rest of the month. So I honestly think one day dedicated to diving into everything is you're going to get it all done. And it's honestly the most efficient way to kind of have things going. I love that so much. And you're probably going to go into this like on other points, but I just thought of this question. What do you do when I know we like are like mostly digital? What about the business owners that get like a physical receipt? Like they make a purchase Mm -hmm. in the store. Like how do you recommend tracking the receipts? Because no, for me, I'm weird. Like I'm organized, but then I'm like very scattered at the same time. Like it's very... It's confusing. I'm very confusing, everyone. Um, so what, what do you recommend with like a receipt process? So this was my next thing is you've yeah. done all of this now. So I'll kind of back up a step. Why okay. you need to track receipts. People are like, I don't want to hold on to this $7 Starbucks, you know, yeah. charge or whatever. What can happen is if you were ever get audited and you can get audited for two reasons. They could look at your return and say something looks off. I want to audit you or you were all subject to random audits. Yeah. If the IRS were to audit you, they might, they would look, you know, we'll just talk about the business side. They'll look at your, your business profit and loss. And they'll say, okay, well, you said you had $1,500 in meals in Mm -hmm. 2021. Show me receipts that total $1,500. So if you are tracking every month, you have your transactions and you can verify that you have a receipt for every transaction you're, you're golden because you can keep, you know, when they need that, you just know you can pull up that file and you have it all documented and you're not like going back, you know, five years ago and trying to find receipts or things like that, because I've helped some small business owners through random audits and they're just stressful because we don't maintain receipts like that. So adding that piece to your monthly process is so huge because it's going to give you complete and total peace of mind around your taxes because you've got documentation to support and the IRS will not allow like a bank statement or a credit card statement. That's not a receipt. A receipt is the actual, you know, transaction. transaction. Exactly. And so what I do is for me, like 90% of my receipts come through my email, you know, your monthly subscriptions that you ignore, like, Hey, thank you for your payment of 1299 or whatnot. Um, or I pay contractors. Those are all those receipts are going to come through email. I save all of those to a folder on my Google, like in my Gmail. And oh, I have a, I do that too. That do you? So yes. <laughs> and then what I'll do is typically on a monthly basis and I'll be truthful. Sometimes this happens quarterly. I'll yeah. download all of those and put them in Google drive and just make sure I've checked all my boxes. Then what I also do is if I ever have like a physical receipt, like you said, like typically it's going to be meals. If you're meeting anybody in person, then I will honestly take a picture and email it to myself and put it in that file too, just because it's, I do do that too. That makes me feel so much better about myself. And there's so many apps out there for receipt maintenance, QuickBooks. You can actually add a receipt to every transaction in QuickBooks. So you can upload receipts. Um, you can scan pictures, you know, with the QuickBooks app and send them to yourself, things like that. So everything is appropriately, 
you know, organized and classified and has the documentation behind it. And on top of that, there's just a million other apps out there. I keep it simple just because for me, simplicity is the easiest thing. Otherwise, I'm not going to keep up with it. There's some people that are way more techie and they want all the, you know, widgets and apps and things like that. But as long as you're tracking them, that's what matters. I always feel like a 90 year old woman at like, I don't know, like Starbucks, whenever I go out, like in between either sessions, like I like get a meal before my photography session, or I'm like doing a VIP experience day for someone and I'm grabbing them a meal or whatever. And I ask for a receipt and like people's looks at me like, <laughs> you want a receipt? And I just want to be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I'm sorry. This is for my business. But it's just like that look for me. I'm like, please just, I just need this for business. For I business. know. I know. I know. And I don't ever get receipts personally. So it's yeah. not like I have to remind myself, you know, like, yeah. oh no, I need to track this. Um, <laughs> and that's why I love like, you know, Square app has so many of the options to just like text you a receipt or email it to you or whatever. But yeah, for me, keeping it all in my Gmail is the easiest thing because I know I'm not, no one has time to like scan a receipt on a Tuesday from a meal, get it into Google Drive that day. You're going to forget about it. And then no one wants to scan 40 receipts at the end of the year. So for me, that's the easiest way to at least know it's somewhere. And then when I have time, I can kind of pull it all together. Okay. I love that so much. Oh man, this is all so helpful. I'm writing notes too. So so that is sort of what the monthly process looks like. Like I said, block off a day, track everything, review everything, save for taxes, pay yourself, pay your credit card, check your receipts. The other piece that you really need to focus on for accounting and for taxes is quarterly. So quarterly, you have estimated taxes. Not everyone has to pay them. They are confusing, but the gist of it is the IRS wants you to, they want you to prepay your money that you're going to owe them. That's what it boils down to is they don't want to wait until tax day to get what you owe them. And so when you were an employee and you worked for, you know, a business, you had wages, they took out your withholdings, your, your taxes, and they went ahead and on your behalf, paid those into the IRS. So the IRS was getting their money ahead of time. We just out of sight, out of mind. We don't know what's happening. But now as a business owner, we're not paid that way. Um, And so we have to pay that money in. And so the IRS says, okay, if you're don't have withholdings, you need to prepay us your taxes quarterly. And the long and short of it is they base that off of your prior year taxes, because you don't know what you're going to make you there's all these complicated calculations on penalties and interest. But the the safe rule is to pay in 100% of your taxes for the prior year throughout the year. So like you, for example, y'all have, Ty has some withholdings. And so that's going to cover some of that. But then if not, you need to pay in different, you know, the difference on a quarterly basis. So typically when you do tax prep with a CPA, they will look at those numbers for you and provide you the upcoming year, what your quarterly payments need to be. And so I add this into your quarterly, um, you know, kind of checklist or responsibilities is to Figure out what that quarterly payment is. Like I said, if you work with the CPA, you're going to know that number. Um, and then schedule those payments, the IRS, into your state. And if you're saving monthly and putting that money into a tax savings account, those payments can come right out of there. So yeah. it's very, very streamlined and simple, but that is a piece of the process that you want to stay on top of. And it is very important for tax time because you can get yeah. dinged if you have not paid in. Well, I'm so glad. And just like, again, affirming just like how organized you are, you've you even send out reminders to all your clients like, hey, your quarterly um, 
Mm-hmm. estimated tax payment is due around like on this date. And so yep. that's been very helpful for me. Yeah. And I think it's so important to find somebody who is going to like jive with the way you're thinking and give you the yeah. reminders you need. And just, you know, taxes aren't necessarily a one and done process. They are, no. it's a, it's a project, but there's stuff that you need to be doing throughout the year to kind of stay successful and set yourself up for an easy tax season. And so that's very important. And that's really the main quarterly piece. And then annually, and I'm kind of talking generalities for small business owners, but, um, Annually, obviously you need to file your taxes, but then if you, it's the whole 1099s for contractors. So part of my annual checklist that I typically give people is if you have contractors that need 1099s, um, those need to go out annually as well. And if you're kind of checking all of those boxes in the monthly, quarterly, and annual piece, you're totally set. You're not scrambling on in April to pull together receipts and things for your CPA. You're not realizing that you should have sent a contractor at 99 for $1,100 and that was due in January. You've already been staying on top of all of this. And it's just going to streamline and give every, you know, knowing what to expect, I think is the most important thing to not be fearful. And when we're unsure of the unknown, whether that is taxes or anything, health related things, anything that's where we, you know, anxiety can kind of creep in. And I think, you know, and so to me, knowing you're checking the boxes and you're saving and you have an idea of what's to come, it's going to alleviate so much anxiety because you don't, there isn't as much unknown anymore. I do have a question about the 1099 for contractors. What, like, is there like a minimum amount per, per week or per month that relates to the 1099? Because let's say like you are starting out with like hiring somebody for two hours a week versus hiring somebody out for 10 hours a week. Is there like a minimum hour or it it just doesn't matter? It is $600 for the year. So if you have for the whole year. So if you've paid somebody less than 600, you don't need to issue them a 1099. So you have to pay them over $600. And if you pay them through, they invoice you through Dubsado, through HoneyBook, through QuickBooks, through Wave, they send you in through PayPal. Um, gotcha. If they send you an invoice and you pay through their payment processor, you don't need to send them a 1099 okay. because those payment processors are the ones that have to send the 1099s because the 1099 is basically a way to let the IRS know these people made money so they can get taxed on it. The only way you need to tell that all the payment processors, Stripe, HoneyBook, Wave are going to take care of that. But if you paid somebody through Venmo, Zelle, wrote them a check, ways that there would be no system for the IRS to know, that's when they want to know. That's kind of the way to think about it. Oh, that's so good. Okay, everybody rewind and listen to point five. That's really good because this is something that I'm sure it frustrates you since you work specifically in numbers and taxes, but it frustrates me. This is might be an unpopular opinion, but around tax time, like you get on in Facebook groups and everybody has an opinion about numbers and they're not even like qualified to talk about numbers. It's just like, well, this is what my cousin's brother, sister's aunt said, Mm -hmm. or this is what I feel. And I'm like, are you qualified? Like, I don't ask them, but in my mind, I'm like, are you even qualified to share this opinion? But no, That's I agree. I think year. every year the IRS is actually trying to simplify the 1099 process. But from yeah. what I see is it feels more complicated because yeah. people are giving their opinions or reading uncredible sources online and yeah. telling you what needs to happen. And so, and there they are, they're cracking down even more like next year. Like for example, this year, if you work with a payment processor like Stripe, 
Stripe doesn't have to send you a 1099 until you've had like over 40 transactions and totaling over 20 grand. So if you just had a couple transactions or you moved over to Stripe or HoneyBook or some one of those like mid-year, you won't get it to 99. Next year, that number drops to $600 too. So, okay. um, so and they're cracking down. Okay. Everyone's going to start getting them more. And like Zelle, PayPal, they're going to start cracking down on sending those. And so the other thing that's really important here is if you are paying people via Zelle, set up a Zelle, not Zelle, uh, Venmo or PayPal, like set up business accounts because like Venmo has Venmo business. And then all of a sudden Venmo is going to start tracking those to 99s. And so it just make your life easier if you can. And that like, that kind of goes back to the very beginning. I see so many small business owners who have separated their business finances, but still are utilizing like a personal PayPal account or a personal Mm -hmm. Venmo account. And it's so easy to do, but like break that apart. And all those all of those platforms have business options now. I don't use Venmo or uh, to pay anybody, but is there for their business platform, is there, you know, like with Stripe and Square, there's always a transaction fee, like just the cost of doing business. Is there a fee associated with Venmo or? I don't even know, to be honest with you, because most of my clients, I don't use Venmo for business at all, but I think it depends how you're paying them. So I think the bank to bank transfers similar to Venmo personally are not, but like if you're utilizing credit cards or things like that, then they will. But just, and that kind of, all of that kind of goes back to just adding another system. When you're paying people outside of, you know, a contractor who's invoicing you or something like that, tracking those things and Um, getting, so a W9 is a form. You can Google it. That is, if you have to pay a vendor, you hire a VA or somebody that you're paying them, you know, writing them a check or something like that. The W9 is where they input all their information, their social security number, their address, that's information you need to issue them a 1099. I absolutely recommend before you send that payment, ask them for their W9 Mm -hmm. because it might be somebody that you work with in February and maybe you pay them two grand, but then you don't work with them again for the rest of the year. Maybe it's just for whatever reason, good or bad. And then now you are almost 12 months later asking them for a W-9. They're not, they have no incentive to give it to you. And it just makes your life harder. So kind of staying yeah. on top of those things will absolutely make things easier for you. Okay. Gotcha. No, this is all really good. So have a system for paying people. What if you are working with like, you have a system for paying people, but what if you're working with people who don't have a clear way of being paid? Like, yeah. how do you handle that? So I think if you work with somebody who is not, um, they don't have a system for how to get paid, like they don't have solid invoicing or yeah. something like that. I One, you should absolutely ask for an invoice, mm-hmm. not email. I don't care. I mean, even, I have, you know, I recommend some people, even if somebody won't give you an invoice, draft one in Excel, send it to them to send to you because you want that invoice for your purposes. That's your receipt. You know what I mean? What I was talking about earlier. So one, get an invoice and two, then that's where you set up your system. So if they don't have a system for how to pay them, then you say, I pay my contractors, you know, via whatever you, however, you know, I pay my, I I write you an e-check or Zelle or, you know, there's all awesome, like, payment platforms like Gusto or things like that, that you can set up contractors with. So if they don't have a system, you, that's where you need to have a system that comes right into play. That way you're not paying some people through Zelle, some people through Venmo, some people with a check you've got, if they don't send you an invoice, you have a system in place for how to pay them. And you tell them kind of like, that's the way it's going to be. Because I like for my photography business, I do work with 
other contractors and there's no clear cut system. And it's not because they're difficult. They're wonderful. It's just like, they haven't thought that through. And so I was curious as to what your, what your opinion was on that. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of times when it's just people that are just starting out, you know, they don't have a system yet. And so I think even your guidance can kind of help them to develop something, but they're, maybe they're not ready for, you know, a CRM or something like that for invoicing. Nervous about where to begin with tracking the expenses and income of your creative business or side hustle? It's time to stop being intimidated by the numbers of your business, and it's time to take control of your finances. With my free income and expenses report template, you can have a simple system and solution in tracking the expenses and income of your business. This template comes with an easy to follow tutorial video just in case you're new at using a Google Excel spreadsheet. And this is the same spreadsheet I used to use when I first started tracking my own income and expenses as an early business owner before I hired out my first accountant. So your easy to use expense and income tracking template can be found in the show notes of today's episode. It's time to step into the CEO role of your business by learning how to better streamline and automate the numbers behind your business. Because knowing the numbers behind your business, that's actually fun. Okay, so I have, like I've been taking notes, I have six points for you that will repeat, but is there any other nuggets of wisdom you want to add to the system? Honestly, I think it is... So important for business owners to know their numbers and you don't need to know every single detail. If you're at a point in your career and your business is growing where you can hire out your monthly work or your taxes or something to a professional who knows the nitty gritty and the details, it's still important for you to understand the generalities and the big picture. Um, I think that that is how you are. I really believe that's how business owners are distinguished. You might not, you might not understand how taxes are calculated, but you understand that your business, you know, taxes are calculated in this way, or just the generalities are super important. And I just, I know not everybody is a numbers person. I hear it all the time. I'm not a numbers person. I don't care. I don't know, but like you can be, and you don't have to be an accountant and you don't have to be a financial analyst or anything like that, but you should know the overall numbers. You should have an idea of how much money your business is making and what you can pay yourself and prepare yourself for taxes. And you absolutely can do it. So I think that is so important is to kind of get rid of that stigma that you're not a numbers person or it's not, you know, your forte. You can obviously outsource and hire out, but you still need to have an idea of what's going on on the numbers side of your business. I just want to piggyback on that. Like, yes, even though you like may not be a numbers person, like find somebody like Jackie (laughs) who is going to help you navigate it and seriously like dumb it down for you. I I don't mean that phrase sounds negative, but like literally help you understand about all the intricacies of like the taxes that you owe or what quarterly taxes are. And they won't make you feel dumb because this whole time, honestly, before you, Jackie, like the other person I was working with kind of made me feel like an idiot. And I was like, oh, I'm still going to work with you because I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who else to hire. And so I'm just so grateful that like you did not make me feel like an idiot because honestly, there were some times I I would text you or I would send you a Loom video. I'd be like, Jackie, I am an idiot. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, you're not an idiot, Dolly. You're fine. You're, you're yes. fine. Well, we all have our zones of genius. And I think yeah. that's a big thing is knowing where we're strong and where we're not, and then filling yeah. in those gaps with the outsourcing. But I do, I think there is such a, a stigma with accountants and CPAs and bookkeepers, similarly with like attorneys, you know, yeah. and it doesn't, they aren't all button up straight, you know, intimidating. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest goals is to kind of break down that stigma and that fear of chatting with somebody about your numbers, because that's how you're going to learn is finding yeah. somebody comfortable to talk with. And, um, and we all deserve to know that and have that access. So I'm glad to hear that because that is one of my biggest goals. You're awesome. And also I love that you are just like your mom a wife, like you are very, like you humanize mm-hmm. yourself. And also you all, Jackie loves a good margarita. So if I you do. ever like get to know her, <laughs> and kind of her, like treat her to a good margarita. I do have a question. Okay. So you set aside, uh, say a business owner decides, okay, I am going to set aside 30% every mm-hmm. month from my profit. And then at the end of the year, like when I file my taxes and then I find out I owe this amount, like what, what would you, I guess, advise a person to do with the leftover amount that's left in their tax account? So typically you will have a leftover if income stays relatively normal and you, you know, unless your business spikes, you know, to the point that it really pushes you up a tax level or two. Um, and so if you do have money left over, what I usually recommend people do is, honestly, transfer it to a business savings account, pay yourself a bonus. You will, when tax time comes, unfortunately on April, you know, 18th this year, but typically the 15th, your your balance is due, but then also your Q1 payment for the first quarter is due. So some people will use that for Q1 for their payment and then whatever they've been saving throughout the year, you know, pay that to themselves. But honestly, I think give yourself a bonus, save some in your business, pay yourself a bonus, um, anything because that's your money. And that's why I really advocate earmarking the money and putting it aside because it's very out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. um, but it's still your money. And so yeah. at the end, we've worked hard for our money. You've gotten through tax season. So if you get to that point and you've got a couple thousand dollars left over, if you want to put a little bit in your business savings and pay yourself a bonus, I would absolutely do it because that's what you would be doing anyway, is kind of using those funds to pay yourself. Okay. Can I ask you another question? Yes. What is your opinion about when people say, well, this is a write-off? So there are, I view write-offs or deductions like when somebody says, oh my gosh, I got this amazing deal on something. I saved so much money. And I'm like, would you have really, did you really save money? Cause would you have bought that if it wasn't on sale? You know, that whole concept. And so some people just view like it's a business expense, it's a business expense and they don't, they, it's going to reduce their income, reduce their tax liability. And they just kind of spend willy nilly. Yeah. I 100% think that you should be deducting anything that is a business expense, but you should also do that in moderation. Don't Mm. spend more than, you know, don't buy things that you wouldn't feel are necessary anyways, because then you just get into this habit of, you know, spending crazy. Like I hear a lot of times at the end of the year, people are like, I'm trying to, you know, I need to spend my money. I need to spend my money before year end so I can get a deduction. But for example, say you bought a $2,000 computer because it's the end of the year and you're trying to reduce your income. You're, you didn't save $2,000. You still spent $2,000 and your taxes on that are only about 30%. So you really saved yourself $600. Maybe that's fantastic or beneficial, but just thinking about it in that sense of like, 
do I really need this? Cause it's still money out the door. Yeah. And honestly, taxes, no one loves them, but if you're paying a lot in taxes, it's because you're killing it in your business. And I think shifting your mindset, it's very hard to do that way, but shifting your mindset to realize like, Hey, my big tax bill is kind of a flex, I think will help to, to sort of get you spending appropriately. Yeah, I love that so much. And that's something that is so weird. In the last two years, my profit has been slowly increasing. So I love that you said it's like a mindset shift. And Mm -hmm. like, it is a flex like, hey, I'm making more money. Yeah, I'll owe mo- more taxes, but I'm making more money. That's yeah. awesome. And at the end of the day, we all have to pay taxes and yeah. we can complain about them all we want, but they're not going anywhere. So yes. shifting your mindset and also just, it is what it is. Like yeah. save for it, prepare for it, give yourself peace of mind and focus on the positivity. We could complain about taxes 12 months a year, but it's not going to yeah. make anyone's lives better. We still have to do yeah. it. So the best thing you can do is just to plan and prepare and set yourself up for success. And I think that that is a huge way to kind of shift the mindset around taxes. And then of course, hire somebody like you to help with like the behind <laughs> the scenes and yes. setting up the numbers. And I will like, I, I'm not trying to embarrass you, Jackie, but like really I'm like trying to like, let people know like this is what Jackie does and she will help you out with your taxes. She'll yes. help you up with quick. She just like, we're about to do a QuickBooks setup for me because I've never used QuickBooks or I might have like five years ago and it was too overwhelming for me. So I've been manually tracking everything. And so now I I'm at the point where I need, I need QuickBooks. Jackie even told me you need QuickBooks. <laughs> When you, She's helping me, yeah. When you're ready to grow and scale, setting yourself yeah. up for the foundations in QuickBooks yeah. is, it is intimidating in the same way that Dubsado is super intimidating to me. That's why you hire somebody to set you up with like, you know, steps and tools and things to maintain this system that's going to save you time and help scale your business. Mm-hmm. So it's it's another, you know, business investment that we make, but long term when you're growing and scaling, it's not too soon to kind of jump into that and get things organized there. I 100% agree with you. All right. So I want to know, can you share with everyone your free gift that you have for everyone? Yeah, so I um you guys can all find me on Instagram right now. I have a, you can find me on Instagram, download my service guide, find all my information. But right now I'm actually offering a promo. I offer one-on-one 30 minute calls. Just pick my brain. Do you have questions over taxes? You know, anything, business bank accounts, saving for taxes, tracking your profit, like all those questions. Like I said, I really want to break down the stigma that accountants are intimidating and scary and unapproachable. So I offer one-on-one 30 minute calls and I am actually offering in the middle of offering a promo right now. My birthday is on April 15th. It's tax day. So I know it's, that is like, it's sick, right? (laughs) You were born to be a CPA. (laughs) So for the next couple of weeks, I'm offering a promo off my calls. It's tax B day is the call. You can find all the information on Instagram. If you find me on Instagram, um, to get a a discount off of those calls. Cause again, I know that so many people have questions and honestly, this is, it's fun because it's my birthday. It's end of tax season and a little celebration, but I'm also hoping it just kind of gives people that nudge who have been like, I have questions I want to ask to reach out and realize, you know, it doesn't have to be like 
terrifying or scary because sharing that inside of our business is very vulnerable. And so I hope this kind of gives those people that are on the fence a little nudge to kind of move forward. Yeah, it is very vulnerable, but it's also very encouraging to have like somebody just like still like walk alongside you in a very non-judgmental way. Um, so I love it. And so can you share your, your Instagram handle with everyone? You have some amazing, you're, you're on Instagram and I love following you on Instagram. Yes, it's Jackie.Easterday.CPA. And I love, like, send me a message. I love to chat with new small business owners and hear about, you know, just learning about, I, I don't know, I think it's super fascinating to see how people have structured different businesses and what they're doing. Awesome. And Jackie's really good about voice texting, or at least she's really good about yeah. voice texting. <laughs> I don't know if she likes voice texting. I'm just like throwing <laughs> out there if you'd want to hear her voice. Um, but Jackie, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. This episode is going to help out a lot of creative business owners. I just know um, because like you're right, like it is important to to just develop some sort of system with the finances of your creative business and to be proud of yourself. And like as you learn how to scale your business, like, yes, you'll have to pay taxes, but you're growing. So there's no shame in that. So Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Of course. Of course. Everyone, I hope you all have a a wonderful rest of your April and feel free to like DM me and DM Jackie and let us know how you like are putting like systems for your business in place for tax season. So especially for as you look to next year. So until then, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. You can find full show notes from today's episode at dollydelongphotography.com forward slash podcast. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Be sure to screenshot this episode, share it to your stories, and tag me at dollydelongeducation over on Instagram. Until next time, go make some strategic workflow magic.